He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. We talked on this program just last week uh, about the new Ebony Alert here in California, the first of its kind in the nation to help locate missing black youth and women. Uh, the data now revealed that for some reason, African-American women and girls are missing and murdered at a disproportionately higher rate than their white counterparts in, of all places, Wisconsin. Uh, let's explore that right now with Wisconsin State Representative Sheila Stubbs. Uh, Ms. Stubbs, how are you today? I'm great. Good morning, Mr. Smiley. I am so honored to be given this interview with you. Thank you so much. No, it's my great delight to have you on, uh, although under different sta- uh, under under different stank under try that again, Tabitha. It's an honor to have you on. I wish under different circumstances. That's what I was trying to say, uh, and I, and I couldn't get it out. I, I I hate having to discuss this, and yet it's a necessary and worthy conversation. So I'm glad we've got a few minutes here to sort of unpack this. So you heard me say a moment ago that uh, I'm in California. This program is syndicated across the country, uh, but I'm based in California, in L.A., uh, and we celebrated uh, just a week ago a piece of legislation passing here. Uh, sponsored by a state senator named Stephen Bradford, signed, of course, into law by Governor Gavin Newsom. And as I often say, I believe that California politics um, can cast a long shadow or a long sunbeam across the nation. I'm hoping that this one casts a long sunbeam that other states will do as we've done in California and pass these uh, ebony alerts that can at least help uh, find uh, missing black youth and missing black women. That said, Wisconsin has a terrible problem that, again, finds that uh, black women and girls are missing and murdered at a rate much higher than their white counterparts. What can you tell me first about why that is the case? Well, first and foremost, let me share with you that I will definitely be replicating the Ebony Alert in Wisconsin. Uh, I will be introducing that legislation. And thank you so much for being a leader Wisconsin is the worst state to raise a black family that starts there. Mm. Um, Wisconsin has the highest racial disparities among uh, infant and mortality rate, child obesity, uh, juvenile and and adult incarceration, housing. Should I go on? These rates are from birth to death. Um, But Wisconsin is the state with the highest rate of homicide among black women and girls, which is daunting, which is unacceptable. Uh, I am an African-American uh, woman. I'm a mom. I'm a pastor. I'm a legislator. And this has to stop. So it is a call to action for me. Um, from 2019 to 2020, the rate of homicide for black women and girls in Wisconsin, it doubled um, from 10.1 out of 100,000 in 2019 to 20.2 out of 100,000. So yeah. that is a problem. Uh, why do we think that happened? Well, we remember COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us lost family and friends that happened. But let's go back to there are stereotypes. There is a high rate of, again, morbidity, mortality. There's physical abuse. There's discrimination um, from police being viewed as a victim of, of violence, as an aggressor, racial disparities in the criminal justice system. And the list goes on. Uh, why is this accepted? Why hasn't anyone called the alarm in Wisconsin? Representative Stubbs has introduced this legislation last session, and I wasn't able to get uh, this piece of legislation across the finish line. Mm. Well, I didn't stop. I did it again. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hopeful this time because it is bipartisan. Mm-hmm. In order to get legislation into law, it needs to be bipartisan. And I just want to commend my co-authors, Senator Jesse James, who's a Republican, Senator LaTanya Johnson, who's a Democrat, 
and then a Republican Senator Michael Shaw, who joined me. I mean, Representative Michael Shaw, who joined me with this legislation. Mm-hmm. He's a Republican. So in order to get it done, we have to do it bipartisan. We have a Democratic governor and our houses are controlled by Republicans. And so I am hopeful that this bill will be given uh, the due diligence of a public hearing and an executive. I'm very, very hopeful for that. In fact, our co-sponsorship ended on yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, for the 33 senators and 99 representatives to sign on. It's very bipartisan with 40 co-sponsors. Let me me ask you this right quick. I'm just watching my time. What what is law enforcement writ large? What what are they saying or not saying uh, about um, these numbers? I mean, to your point, that that it doubled over a short period of time, essentially, from 10 points, uh, basically 10 percentage points to 20 percentage points. That's that that's that's a real problem, as you as you as you've already noted. What's law enforcement saying about this uptick, this increase in black women and girls missing and being murdered in Wisconsin? Well, you said it. What are they saying? So in order to get the information, because I want to know, I am asking to create a task force to have three representatives from law enforcement, Badger State Sheriff, Wisconsin Chief of Police, um, the Attorney General's Office. Mm-hmm. I think we need the legal experts because I truly began believe it began with the moment the person is listed as reporting. Uh, are they looked at differently because it's in a high crime rate? Is it that they're being classified as a runaway for our youth? What is the stereotype that's been used? I don't know what that system looks like, but I can give you an outcome. It's not good. So I want to get those key players to the table with this 19-member uh, delegation to ask those hard questions. Who's collecting? I, I deserve to know. Who, you, you, indeed, you do. We all do. Um, who, who, who's collecting this data? If law enforcement uh, is not stepping up in the way they should, where is this data coming from that you're citing in this conversation? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. So a part of the data is coming directly um, from our attorney general's office. Right. The data is also... Um, coming from, give me one moment here, I need to, 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 to locate it. No problem. Because it's a national organization right. that's also given us these numbers. Um, you might have to excuse no, me. No, no, no problem. So not, not, not a problem. Not a problem. I know you're, you're a legislator. you got a lot of stuff on your desk. I understand it. I'm, I'm just trying to get a sense of how involved law enforcement is in helping to collect this data. I get the sense that you're obviously disturbed that they're not doing enough about this. I'm just trying to get a sense of if they understand the data exists, why are they not taking it seriously? That's my real point. Yes. Well, I think, number one, um, I think our Justice Department has to step up. Mm-hmm. I, I think Number one, that it has to be every state has an attorney general's office. That's critical because that's where this work is going to be housed. I think it starts there. But I think each of the local entities from our sheriff's department to our police department, they're collecting data. The real issue is we don't get a lot of the data that we need to know. Mm -hmm. So the data that we're getting, it's been lacking in the media. It's been lacking from lawmakers. It's, It's, you know, it's an area of understanding our policies and our institutions and understanding our victims taken uh our victims taken seriously but our numbers that i have been talking about have been coming from the national crime mm-hmm. information center ncic yeah. missing and unidentified person status so that has been the the bigger wheelhouse that's been giving us the information and it's been unfortunate that we haven't been able to take a bite size of this problem 
at our state level. Yeah. So our attorney general office is where we have to do this work. When we come forward with uh, State Representative Sheila Stubbs out of Wisconsin, um, I want to kind of juxtapose two things. I'm, I'm listening to her uh, uh, in this conversation share this data with us. And, and, and she made the point earlier that Wisconsin, in many re- respects, is a horrible place to raise a black family. Uh, and some of this data underscores that. And yet I want to juxtapose that reality with the image we get in the national news media, the national sports media, you see where I'm going with this. The image that we get of black folk in Milwaukee is one thing. What's happening on the ground is something totally different. I want to square those two things when we come forward. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Seeking the truth. Speaking the truth. This is the Tavis Smiley Show. More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley and State Rep. Sheila Stubbs out of Wisconsin talking about why in this particular state uh, there are so many uh, uh, black women and girls missing and murdered at rates significantly higher than their white counterparts. Um, uh, Representative Stubbs, I was I was thinking uh, moments ago about the image that we get of Wisconsin vis-a-vis black folk nationally. And the first thing that comes to mind are the Milwaukee Bucks and the Greek freak, uh, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and, and all that, all those brothers um, who play so well and represent so well for the city of Milwaukee on this uh, uh, NBA franchise that has won a national championship and had an MVP uh, a couple times. Uh, I'm thinking of all the great folk, all the great folk we know from Milwaukee, from Al Jarreau to Eric Benet. I mean, there's a, there's a particular image, I think, in the in the national media that we get of, of Wisconsin, um, and a lot of folk you know, love the Green Bay Packers and and all their brothers who played on that team and helped them win championships. So there's a particular image that we get, I think, in the in the national media of black life, black life in Wisconsin. But that sounds very, very different uh, from life on the ground, as it were, for everyday people, uh, particularly when you tell me that Wisconsin is a difficult place to raise a black family. Can you square those two things for me? Yes, sir. First of all, thank you for acknowledging there is so much success in Wisconsin. But I think people fail to realize, especially in Madison, I reside in Madison, Mm -hmm. it's a tell of two cities. It's the have and it's the have not. And far too often... It's the have-nots left behind, and that's where you see these disparities um, that exist. I am very honored to say doing my work, I've had a chance to talk to very successful players that have played with the Packers. I've reached out and have talked to very successful um, diversity individuals with the Bucks team. I think it's, it's so important and critical that we put these two images together to create the Wisconsin that I want to see, mm-hmm. that I want my daughter and my family to grow up because it isn't that image. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of response are you, you mentioned the bipartisan nature of the, of the, of the legislation that you're uh, trying to get passed. What kind of response are you getting from the community? What, what are black folk in particular in Wisconsin saying uh, about these high rates of black women and girls who are missing and murdered? They were shocked. Mm-hmm. They didn't know. No, no one had any idea until I, like, sound the alarm. And immediately, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Mm-hmm. I was able to meet with a cluster of my sorority sisters at our Delta Days at the state capitol and share this information. They said, how can I get involved in the churches? I'm getting the information out to the community, and people are just shocked. They can't believe it. And so I think I take myself from a shock state to we have to do something, and we need to do it quickly. 
So it's so important that as we're doing this work, we don't leave who the most important people behind, which are the victims, the survivors of this work. So I'm making sure I'm reaching out to families who unfortunately have lost loved ones to being murdered or missing um, and making sure they know this legislation is here. And I'm here fighting for this cause yeah. because it's necessary and it's critical uh, across our state. And I think it's also, if you give me just a quick moment to talk about the media coverage. Hold that thought. Hold, hold that thought one second. We'll come and I'll, I'll ask you specifically about the media coverage. Uh, Representative Stubbs, I want to put you up against the clock. Uh, I'll let you talk about that. And I have one a final question I want to ask about the Ebony Alert. You mentioned earlier you're trying to scale that up. Uh, again, that was always my hope and that I'm sure of State Senator Steve Bradford in California that other states would do likewise and uh, 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 codify into law uh, this Ebony Alert system. So we'll talk about the media and the Ebony Alert when we come forward in our remaining moments with Wisconsin Rep. Sheila Stubbs. You're listening to right now on Tavis Smiley. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. Can you dig it? Come on! Helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. State Rep. Uh, Sheila Stubbs is our guest. Uh, she's in Wisconsin, uh, and I'm delighted to have her on in the uh, four minutes I have left here. Um, I asked you earlier how the black folk were responding to this. I asked you earlier how the law enforcement was responding to this. I asked you earlier how your political colleagues are responding to the legislation you want to pass to do something about the, this high rate of missing black women and girls. And now you're going to tell me how the media is responding to this data, to this story. Yeah, absolutely. I am gathering um, support locally. Thank you for your national interview. I've had um, the LA Guardian report on it. I've had U.S. News report on it. We have Washington Post. So there has been this national perspective. But I think the other piece is to talk about, you know, why I think there's a disparity within the media uh, coverage. And I think a lot of it has to do with how the media has defined these young girls when they're missing, like I said, being considered a runaway mm-hmm. and not doing an Amber Alert when they're a runaway. And then sometimes being categorized as a criminal, a missing minority adult is labeled as someone who's been an affiliate of a criminal involvement, maybe gang, maybe drugs and where they live. And then they're just desensitized mm-hmm. um, and believing that minorities just live in an impoverished condition. And I think that's led to why media has done poor coverage. I think it's led to why I think law enforcement has done a terrible job at reporting. And I want to get to the bottom line. We need to hold people accountable in systems. And so in order to make the improvement in systems, I need every stakeholder at the table on this task force. So you can tell me what your system looks like. Yeah. Let me close with this. Uh, I closed, in fact, where we began talking about the Ebony Alert. Again, for those who just tuned in or may not have heard this conversation last week on this program, here in California, where I sit right now, uh, we are the first state in the nation to pass what's called an Ebony Alert. It works pretty similar to the Amber Alerts that you are all aware of. Uh, but the Ebony Alert needed to be brought online because uh, there are too many black women and black youth. Uh, who go missing and uh, the people are never made aware. Nobody's ever put on the lookout for them uh, as they are uh, mostly for white women and girls when the Amber Alert is sounded. So now in California, there's something called the Ebony Alert. And I was hopeful, as uh, is Steve Bradford, the state senator in California, who 
advanced this legislation, signed into law last week by Governor Gavin Newsom. They were hopeful. We were all hopeful that other states might do the same to protect black women and girls all across the nation. Um, so, Representative Stubbs, you said earlier uh, that you are hoping to advance that kind of legislation in Wisconsin. Tell me about that in the last 60 seconds that I have here. Yeah, I, I saw that. I was really, really honored to see that. And unfortunately, we're at that point. I will be asking our attorney general to do that. I know that I've, you know, I've read there's a lot of different alerts. There's the green alert, the orange alert, red alert. Well, guess what? We need this amber alert because we have the highest disparity. And so I'm going to do everything I can do to get this amber alert into the state of Wisconsin. I don't have the authority, but I certainly can get the people who can have pushed this across the angle to the AG's office. So I will be doing that. You can hold me accountable for that because it's necessary, especially because Wisconsin is leading at these numbers. Yeah, it's a sad reality. And uh, I hope that uh, this Ebony Alert will uh, get on the books in Wisconsin and every other place. Uh, but again, something really tragic in the state of Wisconsin when you see these numbers of black women and girls missing at rates that are significantly higher. Uh, than their white counterparts. We'll leave it there for now. Uh, Representative Stubbs, thanks for your time. All the best on getting the legislation passed uh, in uh, in your state. And let's get these numbers down. Uh, but I thank you for your time. All the best to you. Thank you so much. God bless. Have a good day. Good to have you on. Same to you. More of Tabby Smiley when we come forward.